Hi everyone, welcome to episode 2 of Seek to Speak Speaking Snack series where we chronicle easy speaking tips in bite-sized digestible portions in order to help listeners better verbalize themselves and their stories. This week, we are learning all about nonviolent communication, a better way to resolve conflict as well as to communicate your wants and needs to your loved ones. So nonviolent communication, or NVC for short, believes that all humans have the capacity for compassion and empathy, and that people only resort to violence or harmful behavior when they do not recognize more effective strategies to meeting their needs. Because at the end of the day, at the very base or foundation of any conflict in the world, be it a war, a disagreement, an argument, is this idea that it only a conflict only exists when one person has a need from another person and that need is not met. And this results in a conflict. So when there is a conflict, we tend to do one of three things. We either run away from the conflict we confront the person we are in conflict with or we ignore it. So when we run away from the conflict, it's a really sad result because sometimes that means walking away from a relationship that is dear to you, like a family member or a best friend. If you confront them in a violent way because you think you are in the right and you want to push the blame, this may not necessarily have a productive result. It sometimes will lead to violent communication like shouting as well as actual violence. And the last option is if you ignore it, you pretend nothing is happening, what will happen usually is that these feelings get repressed and sometimes you feel very sad and also angry about it if you've if left it for too long. So nonviolent communication is a means for you to resolve conflict in a more compassionate as well as empathetic way. So the first thing you need to understand is what's the difference between violent communication as well as nonviolent communication. So Marshall Rosenberg, the person who came up with this approach, said that language can be divided into two. Jackal language, which is competitive language, and giraffe language, which is the language of the heart. And the reason why he makes these comparisons is because a giraffe apparently has a really, really big heart and jackals are just very competitive. So jackal language or competitive language focuses on domination. And you can see this type of language illustrated or represented in four ways, which is the four Ds. The first D is diagnosis. This is when you make a diagnosis of the situation by giving or making a judgment call. So this is a violent communication because you end up saying things that are very hurtful like, you don't love me or my boss is a jerk. So this is a judgment call based on what you think or your perception is of the situation. So the second thing or the second D is when you demand things from others, when you impose your will to others and you say it like it's a need but actually it is a an imposition of will for example i need you to do this i need you to be better you need to say sorry right now so this is a type of domination language the third d is the denial of choice so denial of choice and responsibility is bad because you end up pushing blame to another person. So for example, if you cook every day for your husband, you 
when he's when you guys are fighting suddenly you say things like you made me do this you made me be the housewife or you made me do this i gave up everything for you we have to understand that we are human with choices and we make these choices on our own so we cannot turn around and say that hey i blame you you i'm like this because of you that's not productive the last thing is deserve thinking. This is the last D where you decide that it's within your power to punish another person because you are hurt. So you hurt my feelings or I'm going to hurt you too. You made me jealous, so I'm going to make you jealous as well. So these are the four things that are very unproductive and violent when it comes to communication. When you make a judgment call, when you impose your will, when you blame others, and when you punish them in the process. So the diagnosis, demand, denial of choice, and deserve thinking. In contrast, heart language or giraffe language is all about connection and understanding. And in order to communicate non-violently, there are four really simple steps for you to do this in order to better resolve conflict. So the first thing that you need to do is observe and state the facts. The second thing that you need to do is communicate your feelings and not judgment feelings or pseudo feelings. I'm going to get to this later. The third thing that you need to know is for you to communicate the need. Why are you feeling this way? The last thing is a request that you make to the other person in order for the other person to be able to meet that need. So an example scenario of how we can apply these four steps is this context. For example, you find out that your friend keeps telling people about your personal stories. And some of these stories are very private and they're embarrassing and you feel really exposed and hurt and unloved when you found out. So you think people are starting to judge you and you want to confront her and you want to resolve the conflict. A good way of using the giraffe language for steps to talk to her would be firstly, observe what is happening. So you tell her, I see you telling people about my experience. You give her your feeling. I feel sad and ashamed when you do that. You tell her why you feel this way because... I need to feel safe when I talk to you and tell you about my problems and you give her a request. Would you consider keeping our conversations together private? So this is a productive way for you to communicate your feelings as well as your needs to another person without the other person feeling like they are being attacked or they are being blamed, making them very defensive, making all types of ego as well as issues crop up. And you'll find that when you start communicating non-violently, it's very hard for somebody to not feel compelled to accede to your request, especially if they really care for you. And most of the time, conflict happens because of miscommunication, because the person doesn't actually realize what they're doing is affecting you in this way. And sometimes they don't even know that this is something that you actually need. So communicating your feelings productively and compassionately allows that choice to be made by your loved ones to want to help you meet your needs better. So in contrast, a violent way of approaching that conversation would sound something like this. You always talk and gossip about me behind my back. I feel unloved and I feel betrayed. I need you to be a better friend. Stop talking crap about me or I'll tell everyone about your past. 
So this looks like you are going through the steps, but actually you're not. So when you say things like, you're always talking and gossiping about me behind my back, that is not an observation. That is the first D, which is diagnostic. You are making a judgment call. And it would be unfair to say that somebody always does something or somebody never does something. And the second thing would be, I feel unloved. I feel betrayed. Feeling unloved, unloved is not a feeling. Betrayal is not a feeling. Feeling upset is a feeling. Feeling angry, that's a feeling. You thinking that you are unloved by the other person or betrayed by another person is again another judgment call that you're making. And when you say that you need that person to be a better friend, you're saying it like it's something that you need from that friend in order to feel better, but it's actually a demand that you're making from that person. So it's not even a request. And lastly, when you say things like, or when you threaten your friend to stop talking about you or you'll also do the same, that is a threat and it is a a way for you to punish that person, which is never productive. So make sure that your observation is really based on facts. So an easy way to do this is when by putting it in a sentence like this. When I see or when I hear, when you do this, So it's a lot easier for you to recognize that these are facts that that person cannot dispute. The second thing is when you say you feel something, make sure it's an actual feeling and not a pseudo feeling like I feel useless. I feel like a failure. I feel ignored. You know, these are not actual feelings. These are also a judgment call. And the person, that doesn't mean that you are actually ignored by the person or that you are an actual failure. So... What's so great about nonviolent communication is it also allows you to reflect on what has happened in a more objective way and to figure out why you're actually upset and to figure out what is this need that is not being met by the other person because other people aren't able to really know what's in your mind but also what's the source of your emotions so when you feel angry when you feel hurt when you feel upset these are not negative feelings but rather feelings that indicate to you that your body or your life needs something a little bit more and usually this need is not something that is immediately recognizable by other people so going through these four steps allow you to identify that feeling that need as well as work together with the person that you have a conflict with in order to improve the relationship and yes Right now, it does sound very prescriptive, like a step one, step two, step three, step four kind of process. But if you keep doing it, it actually, it's actually really easy to do because it allows you to sort of like step back and recognize what is what went wrong here. And also to communicate that scenario or those circumstances or that sentiment to another person in the best and most productive way. To see how actual scenarios play out in real life with the use of NBC, here are some of my students' super cute group presentation on a given context. The first activity is on confronting someone about your conflict, where I gave them a scenario and they had to give me a jackal approach to the confrontation and a giraffe approach to the same. For this group, the context I gave was this. 
Your dad promised you that he would take you out to the movies, but he has forgotten again. You feel small and unwanted because he keeps breaking his promises. He keeps using work as an excuse, but you know it's actually because he doesn't care about you. You want to run away tomorrow to punish him. He's going to be so worried then and everyone will know he's a bad dad. So this is how my students responded as a jackal confrontation. Hey dad, I'm sick and tired of your lies. And for the punishment, I will be leaving this family. You made me do this. And I will tell everyone that you are a bad dad. What an angry little man. And this is how the group responded in a giraffe or non-violent way. I see that you did not take me out to the movies today because of work. I, to be honest, feel quite sad. I need to be able to trust you. Are you willing to keep your promise? That's how the violent jackal language can be converted into the empathic giraffe language in order to really make sure that the father understand where the child is coming from and not feel like the child is just making a scene because they want attention. And from the presentation, the four prescriptive steps weren't obvious, but it was there. What they observe, what, how they felt because of it, what they actually need, and the request was there. It was very succinct and it would be hard for any living dad to say no to that. For the next activity, I gave my students argumentative dialogue that was filled with judgment and blame. Basically, jackal language. So this is the scenario. A workplace dispute. Amy and Aina just finished the presentation for their boss at work. Aina hates that she always has to help Amy. And Amy just thinks Aina is trying to sabotage her. This is the violent dialogue. How could you do that to me? It was supposed to be a presentation we gave together. But you just had to hog all the limelight. You're such an intention seeker. What are you talking about? You were the wallflower who refused to look at your audience. I saved you and our presentation. You're just feeling stupid because you didn't contribute to the presentation. That's your own problem. Of course I didn't look at the audience because I was looking at you to signal that I wanted to speak. How can you be so arrogant to think that I needed you to be my hero? You've always been this way, Amy. You run away from your responsibility and when people are trying to help, you blame them instead. Just face the fact that you have a problem. From the dialogue, I then asked them to analyze and see what the two people actually felt and needed from each other, which is the source of the conflict. I then told them to read between the lines and using the four steps. I asked them to restructure the conversation to be more productive and understanding. And this is what I got from them. I observed that you were reading all the lines in our presentation. I feel upset. I see that you are looking at the audience and I feel angry for that. I need to feel that I'm a part of the presentation. Are you willing to include me in the presentation? Of course. But I also need to know when you are going to speak. Would you consider on telling me earlier before the presentation? Yes, I will do exactly as you say. So if my students between the age of 9 to 15 can do it, so can you. Use nonviolent communication in order to better resolve your conflict as well as to understand yourself and your loved ones better. This speaking snack was inspired by our guest on episode 7, Kairu Nisa, where she talked about passion and purpose through environmental advocacy and where she touched on NVC as a means to better communicate with people. 